life ever thrown you a curveball that you weren't sure what to do with? You know, the kind where you think someone should really do something about this. Have you ever thought maybe that someone is me and then found yourself on a grand adventure you never saw coming? Me too. As a special needs mom, I have been saddened by what's available to my son. But instead of wallowing in it, I decided to do something about it. Along the way, I'm meeting extraordinary people and having the most wonderful experiences I never thought I'd have. I'm so inspired by what's happening around me that I want to share it all with you. Living Your Legacy is a community where ordinary people who have been called to create something bigger than themselves can come together to be inspired, connect, learn, and live into the legacies they want to see in the world. I'm your host, Michelle Slaney Travato, and this is the Living Your Legacy podcast. Hello, everyone in podcast land. This is Michelle Slaney Travato, and you are joining in on the Living Your Legacy podcast. Today, I am so excited to welcome back an extraordinary woman who is one of my personal heroes. She has taken some really interesting turns in her life and just run with them in ways that really inspire me to think about what else could I be doing with my life. And of course, I want to share her with you so you can be inspired too. Shannon, I want to thank you so much for coming back to join us on the podcast. Michelle, thank you. That's an honor to be here. So let me tell you a little bit about Shannon. Shannon Crotty is a wife and mom of three who lives in West Central Wisconsin. She is the founder and CEO of Polkadot Powerhouse, a global connection company for women. And we're going to dig into that a little bit. Shannon is also the founder and visionary of the soon to be released The Deep End Planner, as well as the author of a brand new book just released called No One is Peeing in the Deep End, a survival guide for launching a dream. Also, as a sought after speaker, Shannon not only empowers audiences to be more authentic versions of themselves, but she also provides tools for them to rein in their focus and allow them to more easily reach their goals and launch their dreams. And let me tell you, we can all use more of that. Shannon loves golfing, travel, style, fitness, and the good ice. I have questions about that too. So welcome, Shannon. So excited to have you here. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you so much. So let's start with an easy one. What's the good ice? The good ice is, well, you know, there's different layers of good ice. So the, the true good ice is pebble ice, the little pebble pieces of ice. I, I'm a bit of an ice fanatic. Mm -hmm. And so I have pebble ice maker at home. And so when I'm out and about, I'm looking for the good ice. Interesting. Now, I grew up in a seafaring culture, and there was a lot of ice. We never, ever referred to any of it as good. So uh, <laughs> that, that intrigued me right there. Um, so Shannon, I want to start talking a little bit about your journey to creating a polka dot powerhouse, that global connection company for women I referenced earlier. Because, you know, when you're in grade four, and the teacher says to you, what do you want to be when you grow up? That's not one of the top 10 answers. So I'm interested to know what the journey was that got you there and where you hope to see it go. Okay. So I think when I was growing up, I said I wanted to be an Avon lady, which is a brand of makeup. I think that was my answer when I was a kid. But I think a lot of times founder CEOs become that because they have a weakness in that. 
I know I've heard of that many times and that was really the case for me. So I grew up, you know, in a house with a lot of secrets. So I learned to keep people at a distance and I really was a horrible connector um, who was transplanted from Oklahoma to Wisconsin, kind of lost my footing here, seeking connections, trying to find them and learning as an adult, I didn't know how to make friends. And then I eventually launched a magazine one of those things where you just, you announce it and you do it. You don't know what you're doing, but that's the story of my life that you just go ahead and do it. And it was under the magazine that we launched Polka Dot. And it seemed like a failed idea at first. We had over a hundred people say they were going to join on launch day. And we actually had one show up and join. And so it, it looked like a crash and burn, but there was something in my gut that was telling me that we weren't supposed to quit. And so that was probably one of the very first times I learned to trust my gut, that I stood up for my gut and just really followed that. And then, you know, over time, I think after the first year, we had 30 members and then 100 members. And then, you know, oh, for some people, it was no longer cozy and quiet. You know, you're never making everybody happy. But deciding to move forth and, and deciding to let this go where it was meant to go and to let it impact women across the globe. So now we're right at 3,000 members across the U.S., Canada, the U.K. We have many members worldwide where we don't have chapters. And it's a sisterhood. You know, when it started, it was very much business-oriented, and there's still, um, you know, a heavy tone of that. But sometimes you'll talk to people that are like, I can't join. I don't have a business. I'm like, you run a household, don't you? Guess what? You secretly run a business. Like, there's no disconnect there. But the tilt of the company has really veered more toward the sisterhood component because we've always been relationship first. And over time, that's really kind of taking over the evolution of the company. For me, I'm a strategic person. Like you and I can strategize all day long and I can tell you what I want the number to be that and, and all that stuff. But I realized several years ago that the more that I did that, the more easy it was for me to detach. For me, I have to be involved in the membership um, I have to be focused on the members and not, you know, there's certainly people in the company, our CFO and other people that are focused on certain numbers. But for me, it's about reaching the women who need us and their, their experience with us while they're with us. And so for me, when someone asks where I hope that we'll go, I hope that we reach all the women that need us. And I hope that their experience with us is incredible while they're with us. I love that. Um, and that has certainly been my experience in the organization and being connected with it. Um, and having a place where you can just be real. Sometimes in networking um, events, you sort of feel like you have to put on a, a persona of some sort. And I don't know, not be yourself or not talk about the hats that we wear. And as women, we wear many hats, often at the same time. Um, and Sometimes one hat takes priority over the other. Sometimes you're trying to do both at the same time or 10 of them at the same time. Um, it's, it's an interesting sort of experience and being able to network in a place where being real and authentic is appreciated and valued and encouraged is brilliant. I think that um, that's an extraordinary thing for women to have because sometimes we feel like, you know, we have to, I've networked out of a hospital room because I felt that I had to instead of just being mom and um, being able to just 
figure that out and be authentic and real about it and understand that there's no drama, no judgment around those things makes business flow in a much more natural, authentic, real, and very promising way. So I just wanted to thank you for having the courage to decide to launch a networking group when you weren't even sure how that was going to fly. I think that that's extraordinary. And again, having the opportunity to meet extraordinary women from around the world is amazing as well. So much fun. So Shannon, tell us a little bit about your new book. No one is peeing in the deep end, how that came to be um, and what you hope your audience will get from it. So when we started, you know, I spent a lot of time in hiding, so to say, trying to make sure no one saw me so they wouldn't figure out that the dream of polka dot had been sent to the wrong person. Because what I saw, I, you know, we really focus on as a society watching the very beginning of a journey and the very end of the journey, but there's not a lot of talk nor um, focus on the middle of the journey. And that's where we lose a lot of people because since there's not a lot of examples in there, people just think they're doing it wrong because it doesn't look like the highlight reel everybody else is posting or showing what have you. So for me, it's all the lessons. It's 26 lessons that I wish someone had taken me aside and said, now, look, you can expect this. Not that it would have changed my journey, made it any easier or, or less challenging because that's all part of that. Right. But to let me know that I wasn't, cause there was a lot of times I felt broken. I felt like I was doing it wrong. I felt like, I was messing it up. And the fact of, you know, the fact is that it's just something that happens to all visionaries, all founders as they're launching that dream. And I think that when we're able to be our authentic self, there's, and we're able to be that as a leader, the people behind us are able to breathe a breath and know, oh, this is just part of the process. And I really hope the audience takes away from the fact of, you know, that they're seen, they're appreciated. They're not broken. They're doing it right, even if it feels like wrong sometimes. And, and they can look forward to different parts of the journey, knowing that that's just part of it. Um, amazing. Uh, and, and I love how that ties in with the title of the podcast, because really, we think about legacy as something that we leave behind. But truthfully, if you're leaving it behind, you don't get to see what happens with it. This podcast is about learning to live into your legacy, to have that vision, to hold it and make it into something really clear and then strive to make it happen. And of course, as you've talked about, anytime somebody does that, they are going to run into all kinds of challenges. You know, the bigger the vision, the bigger the goal, the bigger the obstacles that get put in front of you, the bigger the doubts you have about, am I the right person to do this? Um, or can it even be done? Um, I think that it's so important to know that. And I love that you've put together your lessons on that journey part in the middle. How do you handle this? How do you, you know, walk through this, this different place or the road we, you know, they have that meme on Facebook where you, the path you think you're going to take is really nice and straight. And then the path you take is a big clump of knots in the middle. <laughs> you're like, well, this was not at all what I expected. And of course, anytime you try to do something innovative or visionary, 
that it's going to look like that. There's going to be lots of knots and, and stuff. So what would you suggest for someone who has a big goal? Maybe they've got this vision that came to them, or maybe they have a problem that they're trying to solve in their lives. And you know, that whole, if it is to be, it is, it's up to me idea is like, well, if I want someone to do something about this, maybe I should be the one to do something about this. What kind of advice would you give someone when they find themselves in that place? Well, number one, I would remind them to trust themselves. Like they've been sent this for a reason. They are the, if you have a dream that won't leave you alone, that keeps coming back, even you're like, be quiet, be quiet. I don't want to hear this. It was meant to be sent to you and you are the person to move it into action. But I think beyond that, the first thing, the first key to me is trusting 300 feet of vision at a time. 300 feet is approximately the vision of headlights. And, you know, we trust a car in the middle of the night, 300 feet at a time that we're not going to go off the side of a cliff. And we need to give ourselves the same grace. We need to trust that when we are at a point where we're going to need to know things, when we ha- we're going to need muscles, we will have them. And for right now, we can trust the vision that we have and move something forward in that 300 feet, sometimes less than that. That is such a great analogy because, yeah, we do trust our cars to get us where we need to go. And I didn't realize that headlights only went about 300 feet, but that's a really good analogy. Trust the 300 feet in front of you. And as you're moving, that's moving too, right? As you move forward, the 300 feet keeps moving ahead of you. So you'll see more and know more along the journey. That's a beautiful analogy. Um, Now, tell us a bit about your book. I want to know a little bit about how that came to be, how long, what was the vision like when it came to you? How long did it take you to get there? Because of course, again, you had this vision for a networking company and that came true. Then you had this vision for a book. And again, I just keep wanting to highlight with people how important it is. If you have this vision, as you said, that just won't leave you alone, it's important to take action. So tell us a bit about that journey to creating your book. So the book, you know, I had the name of the book since 2016. I'm a great writer. Um, I've written a ton of Polka Dot Powerhouse members forward. So I'm the forward writing queen. And I used to own a magazine, so I wrote for that. But a book is a whole different beast. It really, really is. And thank goodness for that 300 feet of vision. I don't know that I would have done it if I'd known all the steps that were involved in that. Not that it's horrible or bad. It's a great opportunity. I just, as a visionary with no detail skills, I did not realize all the steps that were there. So for me, I would write in chunks. You know, someone would say, how long did it take to write you this book? Uh, Let's see, probably the six years, because I would get in the mood to write and I would write and then I wouldn't feel like doing it for four or five months and I wouldn't. And then I would think, you know, and I had joined some friends for a writing mastermind uh, about a year ago. And I said, I'm going to have my book launch next year. Well, now I have to pick up the pace, right? Because this writing for a little bit every six months wasn't going to work anymore. So toward the end, I picked up pace, but it really was a really long-term process. And the biggest thing I can tell people is hire professionals. There were all kinds of things that happened at the end that I would not have known how to fix. And, you know, it took a lot of weight off of me to have professionals that do this every day that knew what they were doing. I have to tell you though about the cover shot. So when people go to see the book, it's so interesting. I had a relative say, wow, they did a good job making you look underwater. I was underwater. So I found this photographer who did underwater photography. 
And so the cover shot of the photo is an actual photograph of me underwater. It was a little bit of a show trying to get that shot. You know, everything sounds way easier than it is. It was a great experience. I'm thankful for it. But, you know, that experience of trying to get that cover shot and trying to get everything perfect. And I couldn't get myself all the way down to the bottom of the pool, which was eight feet. They had me weighted, all the things and trying to find a way to get there and then discovering there's a ladder. It was like, okay, this is a perfect reflection of what it's like to launch anything, right? Like I'm struggling. I can't do this. Oh, wait, there's a ladder. I'll push myself down. Now there's all the steps. I'm getting overwhelmed. You know, like on the cover, when you see it, there's a shoe falling off. When I saw my vision for the cover, after I found this photographer who did underwater photography, the shoe was part of it. And I was like, we have to get the shoe falling off. Well, you have to have a sense of humor. Part of the time, the shoe wouldn't come off. Like it was suctioned to my foot. Part of the time, it wouldn't stay on. Um, so by the end, I was like, I don't care anymore about the shoe. But of course, the end shot that we got had the shoe on it. So it was a, it, it was kind of a laughable moment looking back of, Yep, that is exactly what it is to be in the deep end. I, I love that. I actually saw your video of you doing your photo shoot. And I thought to myself, there's a whole lot of stuff there, like um, waterproof makeup. I'm like, because mm, you are, had to have been underwater several times. And then there's the element of having to hold your breath, right? Sometimes we just have to jump in and hold our breath for a little bit to see that everything is going to be okay. Um, so I love that you shared that because it is challenging. And of course you had the additional challenge of being underwater while all that was happening in so many times in life, we all feel like we're under a whole lot of water as well. So really good advice there. Um, Shannon, having now launched, you know, the magazine, the networking company, launching your book and soon to launch the planner, which I would imagine picks up on some of the uh, threads of the lessons in your book. How has living into your legacy changed you as a person? I think that anything is like a muscle. Like when you very first start to trust your gut, which for me is my connection to my creator. When you first start to trust your gut, when you first start to take action moving forward, it feels horrible. It, it, you could be nauseated. Um, it'll, it'll make you like sick. It'll give you stress, all those things. But the more you start to take action and trust yourself and trust the 300 feet and trust that you are the one to do things, the more that it doesn't get, it's always scary, right? Because putting yourself out there, trying not to have a very public crash and burn is always scary. But you learn that trust just gets bigger and bigger in yourself. The more, the more steps you take toward it, the more action you take, the more times you say, you know what, you know, what the heck, if I crash and burn, I crash and burn. I'm going to do this anyway. The more times you do that, the more times you you can see the track record behind you. Uh, you know, you're always going to have some times you're going to, you're going to fail. That's part of success too, but you're going to be able to look back and say, but I didn't, I didn't die from that, right? Like I lived through it. I got stronger. I learned things. And as you move forward, that muscle being built just serves you in a bigger way. And it, and it takes an element of stress off every time that you do it. That is exceptionally good advice. Um, it's important to recognize that failing forward in your 300 feet view is a good thing. It's scary, especially like you said, you don't want to publicly crash and burn. Um, but 
when people see you taking risks, especially when they're risks that are connected to a calling, it inspires other people to say, well, she didn't die. The world didn't horribly judge her. Maybe I could. And I love it when that little voice of hope whispers in your ear, maybe you could get this done, or maybe you could make this happen. Maybe you could solve that problem. Um, so I love that advice to people to stay true to their feeling and to just continuously move forward into their vision. Um, I absolutely adore that. So Shannon, here's a good question for you. You've had lots of successes and you've alluded to some of the failures along the way, uh, but the failure lessons helped you step into more successes. What would you say is your biggest success so far? The biggest success I have so far is really has nothing to do with anything that I've launched. It has to do uh, with a bracelet that I always wear that says, because I said I would, and it's about keeping promises to myself and others. And I didn't, I didn't come from a family where that was really a value. And for me, that is my biggest accomplishment is that I keep promises to myself and others. That's so important. We live in a world where people say lots and do little. So keeping those promises to yourself helps to build your confidence uh, and your, your vision and your willingness to keep trying um, and keeping your promises to others is so important because it builds your integrity and an amazing reputation for yourself. Um, so important to be able to do that. And I love that your zone of genius in being in the visionary space allows you to be able to breathe vision and growth into other people uh, just by virtue of what it is that you're doing with your life, but also the inspiring things that you say to people. And uh, it is my absolute blessing to have gotten to know you in the last few years. I'm, I'm so excited about that. Now, one last question for you before I tell our audience where to find you. Again, looking at living into your legacy, holding your vision and taking action on it. Looking back, what is one thing, just one thing you wish you knew sooner? I wish I knew sooner that as we spoke of before, that I didn't have to be all of the things. As I mentioned, I'm a visionary with no detail skills. I'm also an ambivert, so I don't love to people all the time, which was not something people expected from the founder of a connection company. I was a horrible connector, connector at the, when we started, hoping nobody would find out. I wish I knew back then that it's okay to be me in the qualities that I have, even though it flew in the face completely of what people expected the founder of a connection company to be. That is profound advice because lots of times the vision that we're called to create is so much bigger than the person we are in the moment we have the vision that we feel like we're not expansive enough to make it happen. And that right there stops so many people right in their tracks right? That belief that I can't, or I'm not good enough, or those nasty things we say to ourselves in our heads. And I love that you just phrased it in such a beautiful way of recognizing that who I am in this moment is exactly who I'm supposed to be to launch into this. And I will grow into the person I need to be to see it through. 
So that is some really profound advice there. And I would encourage anyone in our audience, if you've got a vision that's calling you, like Shannon's has been calling her, do what she said. Take your 300-foot vision. Believe that where you are right now is where you're supposed to be and take some action. Get support. Talk to people. Put it out there because I have certainly learned this too. The more I talk to people, the more the right people show up. When I start sharing what it is I'm thinking about doing, the people that need to be there to support me to make it happen, show up. As Shannon said, get professionals involved because they know what they're doing and their job is to support you in getting to where you need to go. So thank you so much, Shannon, for giving us some of your time today. Um, Where can people find you if they're looking for you or information on the things that you're doing? So you can find me and all the things that I have, the book, the planner, my speaking at shannoncrotty.com. And you can find our wonderful, amazing family of Polkadot Powerhouse members at polkadotpowerhouse.com. Fantastic. So for those of you who maybe didn't get that all written down, I will be absolutely in the show notes along with how to connect with Shannon on Instagram and Facebook and a few other places. So Shannon, thank you so much again for being here. I love how inspired I feel right now from our conversation. And I'm sure that our audience members will too. And by all means, go get the book because that's just a fun title. You got to keep that on your desk because people are going to ask you, what the heck are you reading? And it's going to give you an option to share it with them. So Shannon, again, thank you very, very much. I really appreciate your inspiration today. Thank you, Michelle. It's been my honor to be here. Thank you so much for joining us today. If you enjoyed this episode, please submit a rating and review and share it with a friend. Together, we can inspire more people to start living their legacy too. And let's keep the conversation going. We would love to hear all about your journey in living your legacy and support you along the way. Join our Facebook community, Living Your Legacy Podcast, where we connect, collaborate, and celebrate each other. Can't wait to see you there.